We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, Episode 75 with Will Parker. I'm really excited about this interview. I'm interviewing Will again. He is my first repeat guest on the show, and he just published a book called Principle Matters, which I have a link to in the show notes. Please go ahead and uh, check that out, buy that, and help support him. He talks about a lot of really great stuff in this interview, and um, it's just great. We talk about um, how to make good decisions, um, how to delegate effectively, and how to make sure that those who you are working with actually know what their jobs are. So really great stuff in here. I hope you enjoy it, and thank you so much. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jethro Jones. Hello, this is Jethro. Hi, Jethro. It's Will Parker. There we go. It's working. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. Oh man, good times. <laughs> and on top of that, we're principals. That's How right. Pull all that off. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, so that was way more difficult than it needed to be, and for hey, that, I'm sorry. I'm just glad there's no. You don't need to apologize for anything. I'm just sorry. My technology is so limited here. No problem. I, I, I yeah, I can't even explain all the craziness, but. Here we are. Yeah. So um, all that craziness, that is a very important and interesting topic right now because as schools and um, districts start allowing more people to bring technology into the building, we have to start dealing with this stuff. And if you yeah. can't use Skype at all in your school, how? what kind of doors are you closing and yeah. not allowing the interaction and and amazing things to happen. So, well, and I think that there there are avenues in which teachers 
here could use them, but you have to have the right technology passwords and support person or standing by to remind you and help you and coach you through that. And, and, uh, and, uh, I'm kind of excited because we have a, uh, a new position that we're opening here. Um, our librarian is retiring. And mm-hmm. so we are hiring a media center assistant to come in and kind of play a dual role of, of making the library resources available, but also becoming kind of our technology point person cool. for the high school. So she is going to be that person for me who uh, we've got a technology director for the district, but he's just not always accessible when I need him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited about having somebody in house who can help me through some of these questions. Cause this is, a, there's an easy solution here. And a part of it is even on our, um, our website, uh, options are our wireless options. There's a SPS guest, which anybody can access. And then there's an SPS uh, that's for staff only. And, but whenever time I try to log into that uh, through my laptop, it requires some authentication password that I don't have access to. Mm. And um, so it's, so I know it, I know the process exists. It's just getting the right person to help me figure it out. Yeah. SPS. What, what does that mean? Sky to public schools. So we have uh, okay. wireless routers that are located throughout our building. And so anybody that's in our building can can be on a wireless device as a guest. And then we have a second wireless route available just for staff. But uh, sometimes it's hard to log into because the password changes. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So um, talk to me about uh, talk to me about your book. It's uh, called Principal Matters, well, right? Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's this is the culmination of a couple of years of of writing content, opportunities to speak to principal groups or graduate classes or aspiring principals who keep asking a lot of the same questions. And I wanted to take an opportunity to put some of that content into one place. I create a lot of content on my website and try mm-hmm. to push something out every week for people. And I've been able to share some of that content through some shared websites like connectedprinciples.com. And it's been wonderful to get the feedback and the, and, and the readership and the collaboration. But I've been asked to speak at a number of events where um, afterwards uh, people are asking me more questions and are looking for more resources. So I decided to make it a 2014 goal to put something together um, that I could print as well as um, have available online. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so principles matters was my attempt to do that. So it's, uh, it's, it's not a long read. It's uh, 24 chapters of information that, uh, that I would primarily communicate to, to, to the new principal. So, you know, topics like understanding your purpose, dealing with difficult people, setting key responsibility areas for your staff, communicating effectively, managing school-wide crisis. You and I have talked about that before. Yeah. Um, yep. Disciplining with dignity and, and then learning what hats you wear as a school principal. So it's a it's a book that's um, both in some ways introspective in parts, philosophical in parts, but then practical in, in other parts too. Well, and I, I've, you know, I interviewed you before I, now I the moment has teased me and I can't remember what episode it was that we interviewed, but if you go to my website, transformerprinciple.com and search for Will Parker, you'll find the, the, yeah, that would be our first conversation. And, and that was, 
That was really cool. I learned so much from you from that short conversation. Um, and then I've, I've been following your blog and, and learning from you there. You're incredibly thoughtful in the way that you write. And it comes across you. that you have a, a plan for every possible circumstance that you could <laughs> come up against. Right. And you and I both know that you really don't. But you have exactly. a way. You have a way of dealing with things. Can you talk about the process you go through when you're confronted with something, and how you how you make decisions when the pressure's on, and how you don't get overwhelmed, and you still come across as thoughtful when you're dealing in those situations? Man, that's so many things to respond to. First, let me just <laughs> say that um, I don't always have a plan for every situation, but often what you are reading when when you read my posts is at the end of a process um, when I've been able to uh, digest what just happened or mm -hmm. how did we come up with a solution, part of my goal is self-serving. I want to write about it and remember so that the next time I'm facing that situation, I can refer back to my experience. Yep. And I want to provide lessons for other leaders who may be facing something similar. And there are some common steps that you go through whenever you're facing situations that um, that tend to if you tend to follow those processes, then you can find solutions um, more easily than the next time. So uh, let me just give you a for instance. Uh, you know, this time last year I was ending, you know, I've been a, I've been a school administrator since 2004. Um, most of that in the capacity of an assistant principal in two different locations, one of a large school uh, and, and then in this school is a, is a medium-sized school. And by medium-sized, I have a school population of about 750 students. The school that I was at previous to this one had about 1,400 students in high school. And, um, and so over time, um, as I've encountered new challenges, um, each time I've moved into a new situation, I found myself being having to learn something that I've never done before. So two years ago when I stepped into the site principal role where I was – um, now training assistant principals under me and, and, and being the, the final answer at, at my school level. Um, I ran into some challenges that I didn't realize were being managed by my site principal. And one of those is how do you manage the end of school? And so I, I, my most recent post was on, you know, five tips for preparing for your next school year or your next launch. And, um, and so this time last year, I sat down and just made a list of all of the actions that we had to take to end out the year and mm -hmm. to make sure that the summer was productive. So when school ended for us uh, um, on May 21st or 22nd, I can't remember now because we just had graduation. Um, I came back after, um, after the holiday and I opened um, my notes to this time last year so that I could see, okay, where were we this time last year in terms of actions that we were taking, which helped me put together uh, a quick list for my staff to look at in terms of to-dos that we have coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks and over the summer, uh, which turned into a list of about 35 actions that we take in the summer to make sure that we are prepared for admin reports, uh, counseling reports, main office reports, budgeting items, and then miscellaneous things that you want to take care of before school starts. So I'm constantly trying to think through um, – what are the steps that I take now? How can I record the process so that the following year when I'm encountering the same scenario, the stress level is, is, is lower mm -hmm. and it's working. And so um, 
I'll just speak to five things that I think help uh, whenever you're whenever you're confronting a new challenge. And with this, with the summer list being my example, uh, I always make a list and I prioritize. I try to write down everything that that I know is coming uh, coming up, and then I try to prioritize by assigning um, um, uh, which of those should happen first, which second, which third, or in, at least what's priority, what's what's at the top of the list, and what's at the middle of the list, what's at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So once I've made a list, uh, then uh, the second thing I do is assign responsibilities and delegate. I, I pull in my team members, we look at those lists together, and then we decide who's responsible for what. Because a lot of principals I've found um, manage a lot of responsibilities themselves, and they are overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Or on the other hand, they try to delegate everything, and their staff feels burned out, um, and 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 do not feel like their principal's doing, like uh, carrying his weight. Yeah. So or I try to. If mm-hmm. if I may interrupt real quick, or a third yeah. thing is that they um they delegate but don't have a good process for following up, and so or giving right. clear directions, so they end up doing everything anyway, even when they're trying to delegate. That's right. So when I when I do when I take my second step, which is assigning responsibilities and delegating, we create a shared Google Doc so that we can go in and, and open it and check off what's being accomplished, and and I can look at that daily to see okay where are we mm-hmm. in terms of of accomplishing these lists, and then the third thing I do is I I just try to redesign our 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 summer work hours. To, to meet our summer demands because summer is so different than the school year. Yeah. And my staff, my staff uh, stays with me 10 days after school closes and they're back with me 10 days before school opens. And I'm on a 12 month contract. So I'm in and out throughout the summer. I can take mm-hmm. vacation days at certain times, but um, so summers are still pretty busy for me, but I try to redesign our working hours in those, those end of school days, beginning of school days so that we're here a little bit later, leave a little bit earlier our Fridays are short so that we're out by lunch so that my, so that my office staff, they're already so tired from the school year anyway. Um, so that we're wrapping up all of these to do's with, with something to look forward to each day and for them to feel like the, that the work time is a little uh, shorter. And, and it also keeps us focused because we're only here for a short time each day. So we've got a lot to do in the time that we're doing. So, so the third thing I do is try to re- redesign those working hours. And then the fourth thing I try to focus on is how can I collaborate for those more difficult tasks because inevitably you're going to have something that's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So working with a partner or working with more than one person on on projects that require lots of numbers or projects that require lots of thinking um, so that so that not one person is feeling overwhelmed with the tasks at hand. And then um, and then the fifth thing I try to insist on um, with with, my, with the summer to dos is uh, uh, that everyone takes takes a real break uh, that I know when their vacation times are going to be that we push for that goal. Um, there's sometimes some, some, some of my office folks who come in later to make up some work that they've maybe didn't finish, or maybe they took their vacation a little early. So we work on that together so that, but, but I love, I love everyone leaving and, and getting rested and really feeling refreshed and recharged so that when we, when we come back, we're ready, we're ready to, to hit the year um, feeling new again and because that's so important for the start of school yeah i think i think that's great advice and it's easy to get swallowed up in the things that we have to do and and let them control our lives and and force us to work more than than we really should you know finding ways to take time off i think is really valuable those sounds like 
sound like really great strategies. Um, so you use Google Docs. What other what other tools do you use to help you help you accomplish that? Are you like are you the kind of guy who writes things down on a in a notebook and you got a big old, huge notebook full of all your to dos, or or are you using some other tools to help you be organized in that? Well. Most of most of what I do is uh, when I create a list or something for my staff is I al- I always email it to them so that they have a copy of that and then, then I always keep a copy for myself. Mm-hmm. I um I I don't uh, I use I use Gmail for uh, our, our and our school allows us to use Gmail as our school address even though we have a school address it's a Gmail account mm-hmm. and I've just found Gmail to be invaluable for a place for me to to, to search back for lists of things that I've done before I do use shared Google Docs and so that's an easier place for me to go back to and find things that I've that I've done before I've just started playing around with Evernote although I can't say that I'm using it effectively my wife is a huge Evernote fan so she's trying mm-hmm. to, to 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 teach me how to use it more effectively um, but really um, in a in a selfish way, my blog has become a place for me to to create content that I go back to. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, you and I, the last time we talked, we talked about um, how to manage uh, crisis or how to manage grief whenever there's a death in a school. Yeah. And I, I referred to one of the experiences that we had had here with, with the student, uh, a student death. And um, since that time, when we've had other situations that have include that have involved student crisis, I will go to my own content, my own blog, and go back and look at those posts and read them and go, okay, what are the lessons that I've learned here that I'm sharing with other people while they were fresh in my mind, mm-hmm. um, and how can, I, how can I use those now to make sure that I'm not missing out on opportunities and steps that are important in this situation because it was fresh to me then, so I can go back and look at it now and, and remind myself why that was important. So I never really intended for my blog to become a place for, for resources for me. Uh, but it is. It's a it's a place that I go sometimes when I'm looking for um, information that I've written about and that has helped other people. Yeah, and and that's great. And what what I love about that is that you're writing it down when it's fresh, so that you mm-hmm. know how to deal with that in the future. Um, you talked about your your notes for where you were last year at this time of the year. Where mm-hmm. were those kept? Um, you said you went back to see where you were last year. What did you go back to? Well, last year I had, uh, after I had met with my staff in the summer, I had, uh, at the, well, this time last year when we met, I had sat down and, and, and typed up a list of summer to-dos that I'd shared with them. And then follow, I almost always follow my staff meetings up with an email so that there's a written record of the conversation that we had. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just went back to my Gmail account, searched for this date last year, opened up um, May of 2014, found that summer to-do email, opened it up, and then pulled that list out to study it to create the one that we're using now. This year, I, I uploaded it to Google Docs so that not only was it something that I could follow up with as an email, but then it's something that we could all share mm-hmm. and touch together and check things off the list. Uh, and then I created a third uh, um, place for it on my website when I when I decided to post about it last week. Um, I linked to a uh, just a PDF that I'd created there of, of summer to-dos so that I'd have a place to find on my website too and, and an example for other people to look at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you don't have to blog about this stuff and you don't have to share it out with everybody, but you do. Why do you do that? Well, when I was a young principal, I had some good mentors who would take time to help me think through things that I didn't know how to do. But I was also overwhelmed. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I remember the crisis that I that I was in the second year that I was an assistant principal, where I was so busy and so overwhelmed and 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 so unsure of how to accomplish all the tasks that I had in front of me that I considered just getting out of the profession. I'll never forget the night that I was um, sitting at home talking to my wife. And we had we have four young children, and at that time they were even younger because this was uh, before my youngest was born. So my children were all were small, and my wife had taken off work to stay at home with our children, and I was a young assistant principal, and I was gone all the time. Mm-hmm. I was at every school activity, and when I wasn't at school activities, I was up late reading emails and answering questions. I was up early answering emails. I had this misconception that I could answer every question that a teacher had and satisfy every concern mm-hmm. that every person in my school would have because that was my job. I thought was to make sure that every person had a solution to their problems. What I didn't anticipate was burnout. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when I was uh, sitting with my wife one evening, she said to me, not in, in any way at all with bitterness or or um, or anger, just kind of out of resignation, she said, "You know, Will, I've accepted that you are a husband and a father now on the weekends, um, but during the week, um, the school pretty much owns you." Mm-hmm. And I thought at that, that she went to bed that night, and I sat down at my at my laptop, and instead of working, I wrote my letter of resignation, wow. and I took it to work with me, and I put it in a file on my desk, and I just held it, and I thought, if things don't change soon. I'm leaving this profession because I have been so dedicated to trying to figure out how to best serve this school that in the process, um, I've forgotten how to serve my family. And, um, and, and I can't tell you uh, any magic story of how that all changed. I can tell you that I had an opportunity to open up for me to move to a, to a smaller school with a principal who believed in uh, investing time in training me and who also valued her family mm-hmm. and another assistant principal who, um, when I moved into that position, both of them talked to me about their priorities. And I shared with them that, hey, this is this is kind of my chance to see if I can, if I can serve in a school and do it the right way. Um, because if this doesn't work, I'm probably going to be looking for, for a new, for a new profession. Mm-hmm. And so they dedicated to me also at that time to push me out the door and to hold me accountable for for quality time with with my family, um, you know, I write about this in one of the chapters in my book. And there's a um, there's a there's a, a a picture that Zig Ziglar uses called um, the Wheel of Life. Yep. And if you look at it, it's a circle, and 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 then the, each spoke has a different priority. It would be work or family or finances or health or career. Or spirituality, and I I tend to say whenever I'm talking about that wheel in my own personal life, my faith is really important, and I feel like if if you if you if you take your core values and make those the, the hub, and then every, and, and let everything else feed out of those core priorities, then that there's a whole lot more balance in that wheel. I was focusing so much on my career spoke that the rest of those areas were just really hurting. I'd gained 20 pounds. I was, I was unhealthy. My marriage was suffering. My children weren't seeing their dad. And so, so as I began to find more balance and I, I, and I began to find solutions that involved other people that, that were more collaborative, that were more process driven instead of just me being a Superman, um, 
I began to learn. I began to learn lessons of how to create a better, a better balanced approach to being a school leader. And so as a result, I started enjoying my work more, and which meant my which meant I enjoyed the rest of my life more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so 10 years later, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm at the point now where I've, where these processes have helped me have greater job satisfaction and I don't feel like I'm burned out. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I really want that for school leaders because I meet so many school leaders who are just, just living with an, an enormous amount of stress and they never feel like they're free to do anything other than just put out fires all the time. And yeah. so do I. I mean, there's times where, where it's inevitable. It's almost like you're you're working as a paramedic. I mean, there's times when there's a fire to put out and you've got to go be there for the emergency. Mm-hmm. But there's also processes that you can create to help manage all of that so that you're doing it with a team. You're not a superman. And I love that quote. I think I, I heard Dave Ramsey one time. I enjoy listening to him and reading his stuff. But he said, you know, tuck in your tuck in your cape, you're no Superman. And, and, right. and I like to remember that and remind principals of that too, because so, so, so to answer your question, the reason that I like to write about these things and the reason I like to post about them for other school leaders and not just school leaders, but people in general, because they're principals that apply in other occupations and professions in life is because I want to see them enjoy the work that they do and, and discover processes that work and um, and I figure, hey, if it's working for me, then then this may be something that can work for others too. Yeah, and I just want to respond to a couple of things in there because they're things that um, that we as principals, it's very easy to overlook. So we are doing a really important job changing mm-hmm. kids' lives. We are making a huge impact on them, and it's easy for us to to think that that is so important that we can sacrifice our own family sometimes. And yeah. I don't, I don't think any of us do that intentionally. We don't say right. the students at my school are more important than my own kids, but it kind of happens when you're in that put out fire mode and that's what you're doing all the time. It's easy for that to creep in and start taking things over. And, mm-hmm. you know, my wife is going to be really glad to hear that you, that you shared your conversation with your wife because we've had similar conversations as well. And sure. It's not that, you know, um, that I don't want my own family to come first. It's just that it's a huge job. And, Mm -hmm. and I've made plenty of excuses for why that huge job needs to be done for me by me, excuse me. But just yesterday I was speaking with my assistant principal about, um, how we, how we want our lives to, to be, you know, and, and how we want our work lives to be. And we both strongly believe that when we help someone solve a problem, it's not enough for us to solve it for them. We need to teach them how to solve it themselves. And, and that's a huge, important part of us being able to empower those that we work with from our teachers to our students, to our paraprofessionals, Mm -hmm. to our students, parents, we need to empower them to be able to solve their own problems and not think that coming to us is going to fix it. Coming to us is going to help them learn how to fix it. And having that, that mind shift where that's what we're focusing on, we Mm -hmm. get to stay the teacher and be um, someone who's teaching someone, not someone who's putting fires out all the time. Cause that's exhausting and no fun. (laughs) And there's a couple of things that I'd respond to that with is, you know, number one, is if you if you can 
as you're hiring, if, as, if you can hire people or recruit people or have people on your team who share the, the, the same kind of values that you do or who, who you know can accomplish those kinds of tasks or you know are quality people, then you know you've got the right people on your team. And then to give them specific guidance so that the job that they do is well understood on the front end. It's, you know, it's sometimes we, we spend so much time correcting people on, in midway, mid-performance or on the back end when if we give them instruction on the front end of what's expected, it's just like teaching. It's just like being in the classroom. When on the front end, if you create the expectations for your students in your classroom, then the, yeah. the, 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 those processors are, are put in place so that you have more successful instruction. It always goes hand in hand. And I've always said that a great teacher teaches with both hands or both sides of their brain at the same time. They're instructing with one. They're managing with the other. And that management is the processes, the procedures, the, the corrections, the discipline. And then the instruction is the content and all of the information that has to be relayed and, and the learning that takes place. And they go hand in hand, and it's an art and a science. And school management's the same way. A school is just a is it just a larger classroom setting yeah. and your staff are like your students. They're not any different in terms of their need for clear expectations. So for instance, I have a new, um, a new media assistant uh, role that we've created for a person in our building who's going to be both helping in our, our library resources and who's going to be um, a technology support for our school. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down uh, uh, last week and this week and we developed a page full of key responsibility areas for that specific job so that both of us know going into it what her responsibilities are going to be, what her specific areas are for supervision, what she's responsible for in terms of scheduling, repairs, installation, um, you name it, in terms of technology support. That way, on the front end, both of us have a clear view of, of where she's going and what she's going to do. I do the same thing with all my office staff, mm-hmm. uh, my secretaries, my counselors, my assistant principals, and myself. We all have, I call them KRAs, and I stole this idea from a book called Entree Leadership by mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey because he trains people in terms of, of business management. And I thought, well, let me take that same idea and apply it to school management. And um, he calls – his are key results areas because they're doing a lot of sales. We don't do sales at school. And so I call them key responsibility areas because I'm more interested in everyone being um, in charge of their responsibilities. But we call them KRAs. And so those are lists that we review together every single year so that everyone knows what these expectations are. And, man, it just takes away so much stress when when you already know ahead of time who's responsible for what. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and including all of the reports that I do for my state, I go through – those lists and, and determine what are my areas to control, which of those am I delegating, who's assisting me with them, so that um so that we know on the front end. And it's easier the next year because each year uh, we can revisit those and, and, and decide what was practical and what needs to be changed. Yeah, and those um, key responsibilities areas, the KRAs are super powerful and um, we talked a lot about those in our in our last interview, which mm-hmm. was um, I did look it up while we were talking episode 24 of the Transformative Principle. Oh, cool. So. Hey, thanks so much for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you're downloading it, that you're listening to it, and that you're listening all the way here until the end. If you could do me a favor and uh, go to iTunes and rate this podcast and then share it on social media, that would be really great and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much and have a great day.
Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.